to the nomcast the netflix original movie podcast i am your host andrew morgan you can follow the show at nomcast pod on twitter and instagram and you can check us out in the web at nomcastpod.com all right grab your date and get in the limo because this week's episode is all about the prom which is the latest film from producer director ryan murphy who's known for his over-the-top tv shows like glee Pose an American Horror Story. And most recently, he produced The Boys in the Band for Netflix, which was a Broadway play with an all-gay cast telling a story about a group of homosexual men in pre-Stonewall, New York. And for The Prom, he brings us another Broadway adaptation based on the hit musical that also deals with the LGBTQ community, this time centering around a lesbian teenager named Emma whose small-town Indiana high school cancels their prom because she wanted to take her girlfriend as her date. And when a troop of hilariously self-absorbed theater stars swarm upon this small town to come to her aid, this gets even more out of control. The film stars Meryl Streep as two-time award-winning actress Dee Dee Allen, James Corden as narcissistic Broadway actor Barry Glickman, Nicole Kidman as chorus girl Angie Dickinson, and introducing Joellen Pellman as our lesbian teen Emma. You also have Keegan-Michael Key, Carrie Washington, Andrew Reynolds, Ariana DeBose, and even Tracy Ullman in this one as well. So it's a deep cast with a lot of big-time musical numbers that definitely try to win over the hearts and minds of its viewers. But it also seems to be a big source of controversy in the Broadway and LGBTQ community and had Twitter going crazy during opening weekend. So we will go over all of that with my terrific guests, Carolyn Payne and Kevin Dolan, who both have backgrounds in film, theater, and comedy. So stick around to hear this wonderful breakdown of the prom. But first, a word from our friends at Forgotten Entertainment. Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as Season 7 kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about The Front Page, starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA, and then slice into Butler's childhood years the 90s with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very very old shut up butler forgotten cinema part of the forgotten entertainment family do you like beer do you like podcasts do you like beer podcasts then check out crack and one open a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every week we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country and sometimes the world we'll talk about how it was made what's in it the history of the brew and the brewery then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, welcome back. Going to bring you our review of Ryan Murphy's musical adaptation of The Prom in just a moment. But first, I wanted to urge everyone to check out the work of our amazing guest this week, 
Carolyn Payne is an actress, dancer, and comedian who is a regular on the radio show The Nose with Colin McEnroe on WMPR here in Connecticut. You can also stream her critically acclaimed ballet, The Nutcracker Sweet and Spicy, right now and through the end of the year on KineticDance.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-T-I-C-D-A-N-C-E.com. And returning for the third time, we have actor-comedian Kevin Dolan, who is always super sharp and funny when he's on the podcast. To keep up with his upcoming projects, you can follow him on Twitter, at Kev's Just Saying. And of course, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, our review of The Prom with Carolyn Payne and Kevin Dolan. Give a listen. Some hearts can conform, fitting the norm, flaunting their love for all to see. I try to change, thinking how easy life could be. I just kept on failing, I guess that was a sign That there wasn't much hope for this unruly heart of mine Alright, super excited for this one. Two people who keep their kicks high and their standards low because they're on this program right now. Uh, <laughs> we have two amazing guests who are perfect for this film uh, with backgrounds in theater, dance, uh, and comedy. Uh, the perfect, you know, the triumvirate. Um, you know, I'm sure Kevin's kicking days are possibly behind him, but I'm unsure about that. We can talk about that as we go on. Uh, but two great people uh, returning uh, probably, I believe, for like the third or fourth time now, Kev. Uh, yeah. Third time, I think. Yeah, uh, actor, comedian, Northeast elitist, card-carrying member of the gay community, <laughs> uh, Mr. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Kevin Dolan. How are you, sir? Oh, fantastic! Absolutely, and I've I've been spoken about worse by better people. So thanks, <laughs> I appreciate the intro. I gave you the more sugar sweet intro the last <laughs> year on, so I figured I'd go more fun yeah, so this now time. Right for the jugular. <laughs> I got it. Okay. And the first time, even though we've worked together doing stand-up before and uh, witnessed your work, I, I've seen a lot of your stuff thrown around, unfortunately, in, in flashback form this year for the Nutcrackers, Sweet and Spicy, uh, actress, if you want to say, comedian, dancer, uh, who's a regular on the nose with Colin McEnroe on WMPR here in Connecticut, uh, Carolyn Payne, how are you? Hey. I'm good. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is great to have you on. Um, I, like I said, I know your guys' background, so I thought this was a perfect matchup for today's movie. Um, one of those things where um, I, I, I was super appreciative of this movie regardless of what the outcome was going to be because it got my wife to stay up past 9 o'clock to watch a movie with me. <laughs> super rare uh, in my household, so kudos to Ryan Murphy and Netflix for making that happen. Because uh, she is a huge musical fan. There's tons of musical theater constantly going on uh, in this house. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of cool to at least share a bonding moment here in quarantine uh, instead of, uh, you know, go putting yourselves in isolation or anything like that. So kudos to them. But I wonder how you two come through. I kind of know Kevin's story in terms of what 
how he kind of comes to this movie. So, Carolyn, I'll start with you. When uh, when did you hear of this movie? Did you see the Broadway show? How did you come to this movie? Uh, okay, so, I mean, I heard about this movie... I, I think, you know, like everyone was just kind of like talking about it, like another Meryl Street musical was coming out. And um, I had never seen the Broadway musical. I have to confess, despite being an actress and a dancer and having been in musicals, I actually hate musicals for the most part. <laughs> um, so I nailed so, it. OK, good. Yeah, you nailed it. So this was right up my alley. Uh, I suffered through it this afternoon. Um, no, I mean, I I like the concept of musicals just not as they apply to me um and and this one so I had heard you know everyone had been talking about it uh and I I knew it was a musical but I wasn't familiar with the music the plot really anything so I kind of came into it uh not knowing what to expect and I mean I it wasn't the worst movie I've seen <laughs> had you had seen the trailer or anything beforehand to kind of get a sense of what it was before you fired it up? No, I mean, no, I just seen like pictures of Meryl Streep and uh, Nicole Kidman wearing marabou feathers and lots of sparkles. <laughs> so I kind of that was like pretty much what I expected and exactly what I was given. Sure. <laughs> now, Kev, obviously you have a little bit of a, a closer look at this. I mean, I know yeah. you've seen the Broadway musical uh, and that you yeah. even, you know, kind of had a peripheral thought of like other pe people who have actually been in the show or any of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. what were your expectations after seeing maybe some of the footage or the trailer or any of the version of this, the Ryan Murphy version of the prom? Well, you know, I knew since Ryan Murphy has the, the dollars to back uh, a more grander uh, version of the story. I knew it was going to be uh, a lot more color, a lot more music, a lot bigger sets, glossy and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I certainly was not disappointed on that level. Um, but, you know, uh, Meryl sounded great. Uh, Nicole sounded passable. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to Jim Cor Corden later on. Uh, Andrew Rannells was, he's always consistent. He's always consistent when he does it. Plus, he's ever since, uh, you know, Boys in the Band, he's sort of like uh, Ryan's go-to go gay, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, it, I mean, musically, it's it's there's some really catchy tunes. There's one that was made especially for the, for the movie, uh, which is Wear Your Crown, which is a very big, it'll be a very big dance anthem. It'll be done whenever clubs are allowed to open again. I'm sure people will be <laughs> dancing their ass off to that stuff. Sure. But, uh, you know, and how how do you think like stylistically that it holds up to what the Broadway show looked like? Like, does it have the kind of same look and feel to you? Mm, well, it has uh, certainly the the feel to it, but you know, it was so scaled down when it first started. Um, you know, so it's uh, the scope of it is much more grand. Uh, on stage, it was not that much. Uh, more, more uh, focused on on the story and the, and the music more than the, the the sets and what have you. Right. But um, you know, sometimes more is fine. Uh, <laughs> sometimes more is too much. And there were a couple of times in the movie where more was really a little bit too much. But yeah, you know, it, it it's Ryan Murphy. 
I mean, that's that's what you usually wind up going to after that point. It's it's Ryan Murphy. Yeah, we talked about the last time you were on because you were on last time for Boys in the Band. Like Ryan Murphy yeah. has all the money in the world because he signs this mega deal with uh, Netflix, where you know this is his second film or the first one he's directing. Uh, he's produced multiple mm-hmm. films, including documentary form, which again. Um, it'll be fascinating to some people to know that he, you know, did the documentary disclosure where he's doing, uh, transgender characters being played by straight people as a negative. Um, and then casting his own straight people to play gay people in his own movie. So I find that to be an interesting parallel. Um, yeah, but you know, he's most notably, you know, known for glee before this and american horror story and all these other big showy productions so obviously a musical like this is catnip to him um i read an article where he said that uh he he had seen he didn't know much about it when he saw it he was loving it while it was going on and by the end he literally said to the person next to him i'm going to buy buy that and i'm like how yeah. Monopoly man, how like, you know, stereotypical, yeah. like eighties, like businessman villain. That sounds he's like very Gordon. Yeah, exactly. very Gordon yeah. yeah. Like, like he's just sitting there with his checkbook while they're in the final moments. Like just how much, how, or what just is a it? briefcase filled <laughs> yes, with cash. Exactly. You know I... yeah. yeah. So I feel like Ryan Murphy stuff keeps getting like shoved down my throat. Like every time you, <laughs> log on to netflix like there's a new ryan murphy thing and you have to watch it because you just you have to uh this you mentioned meryl streep so meryl streep in this like remember back in mama mia where we were like making fun of her singing well not like <laughs> us but probably all of us individually so i yeah i gotta give her credit like she in this is really vocally great much better yeah um and also like they light her really well because yes. she is a 70-something-year-old yeah. woman. That's and, super important. Right? Like, she looks stunning, yeah. which I think she's a beautiful woman, but they lit her well enough that she can be a romantic lead with Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah, I said Who, <laughs> incidentally, excuse me, I don't want to sound overly gay, he looked amazingly hot. So hot. I mean, He is young enough to be her on. son, though. Like, Oh. So that's how great she looked in this movie. That you're like, yeah, yeah, get with it. And then you're like, oh wait, this is this is a little bit May December, but good for her. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into but it. Was, I I said yeah. that to my wife, where I was like, I know, I know that if the roles were reversed, people would be like, you know, oh, this is more normal or whatever. That because there's always yeah. that. Whenever you say the May December, it's usually you know yeah, the the older the man, the younger woman. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's like stereotypical, whatever. But in this fashion, I was just like, it, it seemed like an odd pairing, but I was into it because I yeah. like both of them and, and they both look great. So it's like, whatever, like, just let it roll, which is yeah, kind of my I... feeling about Moses movie, by the way. So we'll we'll get into it. I don't have as much, uh, you know, kind of like snideness to my comments as maybe you guys do thus far. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm interested to see where this goes. But sorry, Carolyn, continue. <laughs> No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I think that that was one of my favorite parts of the movie was watching Meryl Streep and uh, <laughs> Keegan-Michael Key kick it to each other. I, I thought that, that was really, really funny. Uh, I also, I loved all the little, the, the little, like, lines that you had to catch. You really had to listen to yes. them. Uh, like the, 
when Nicole Kidman says, I read three quarters of a news story. Yes. <laughs> and I, it's just spot on. Uh, and then that they, they, I understand Furious Town folks. I was in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And just all those things. I also enjoyed that they rhymed lesbian with thespian. Always very, a classic. Very, yeah. 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 Classic. <laughs> that's always good. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I want to say, like, I you know, suffered through this. There were things that I was like, all right, this has redeemable qualities for a cheesy saccharine feel good musical, which is not always my, that's, that's really not, I either want a movie that's like scares the shit out of me, like a good <laughs> horror movie or like a dumb comedy. Right. So, I could understand yeah. that, especially now. You know what I mean? Everybody wants something like that now. It's just, it's, because every day you wake up and it's too much. Every day is just getting to yes. be too much of everything. Yeah. So this is perfect. This is perfect for this. There's, you don't have to think a lot. No. It's a trifle preachy. And then some points it's really preachy. It's really preachy. And it would be fantastic if it could go the way that this movie goes. You know, real life. It, but we all want that when we see a movie. You know, that's supposed to be uplifting. But see, the preachy you know? is where it got to me. Because, like... What would be more annoying than being at a mall with teens <laughs> is that like you ha you are in a musical number that has Christian undertones in a mall with teens. Mm -hmm. So that's right. where this movie like kind of goes off the rails for me. Um, you know, it's long. It's like two and a half hours long. So yeah, it's like two twelve, which I definitely uh, think that it is at least fifteen minutes too long, but. Uh, well, the show was shorter. The show was was significantly shorter. I think the show was about twenty minutes. Short. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you mentioned that there's additional music, um, and and they did bring right. back the people who wrote the original songbook to do the music for this, and and obviously bring in um, th their show, you know, to the screen. So it's not just Ryan Murphy trying to to really make a full adaptation here. It's really just kind of move the show into his light literally because you were saying it is so glossy and lit to make it yeah. in, into something that is a little more a dolled up version of uh you know what you saw on broadway but i mm -hmm. mean the interesting thing i think is uh you mentioned a lot of the cast kevin like so i mean yeah there is something about what was going i i, I wonder if there's almost too many stars or i could say at least one star too many i will say that uh, i will get to that in a minute but um i think it's interesting because I, I the reviews i read online between the critics and the audience seem to come from two different places and it makes it an interestingly divisive movie at this time online and what i would say is and this is why i wanted to know how you both came to this film was if it seems to be that if you w turn on this movie and you already hate Ryan Murphy for some personal reason, or uh, you hate him because of something in the casting where maybe he didn't give as much of a chance to the original Broadway cast, even though he literally just did the boys in the band where he took all of the original cast into the movie um, or you were upset that James Corden, who's a straight man, played a gay man on on TV, on the movie. So there's those people who come in and have now 
kind of given this movie, you know, one star, half a star, or, you know, a one on IMDb or, you know, a super low Rotten Tomatoes, wherever you are, super low, very negative reviews. And then there's the other people who seem to be, you know, who don't maybe aren't as taken. Hmm, what's a good word to say? Uh, the Ryan Murphy of it all. They they don't have this background where, you know, they super love or super hate Ryan Murphy. They came into this because maybe people they saw in the cast and they like musicals or something like that and, sure. and come to it naturally. I find the reviews to be more mixed positive or rave. So I I, I am kind of caught in between there. Um, I would say that I found this movie mostly enjoyable because the songs are the enjoyment. I think Meryl is a complete standout. Uh, I also think that, uh, you know, the fast, the fascinating part of this is, uh, let me get her name right. I'm sorry. Uh, Joellen Pellman, who, yeah. you know, you cast somebody out of a nationwide search for to cast your character instead of just taking the person, obviously, who is right there on Broadway. But you went, you know, you went through your search and you got this person and she's amazing. Like yeah. her voice was incredible. Oh, yeah. She yeah. looks yeah. like a young oh, Heather yeah. Graham. Uh, I was going to say Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. Well, hey, there's yeah. the yeah, I saw Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I saw Drew I will too. also yeah. say that I do not know her pronoun. She does identify as queer and plays a lesbian and all that. So I will not assume it, but I have no recourse than to say she That's for okay. now. So I'm yeah. uh, forgiveness for anybody else on that regard. But I, I will say, like like you said, Everybody's learning, Andrew. Everybody's learning. Yeah. It's well, fun. I couldn't find it anywhere. I would have like, I maybe I didn't do yeah. enough, which that's on me. I apologize sure. if you're going to talk about somebody get something right. So, um, but I, I, I found the uh, the the bitter wit that's in the songs, uh, and it kind of reminded me of you know a little bit of a mix. I remember I said this to Kevin when we were talking about it before that I found this before I saw the movie to be a gay footloose uh, kind of a story, and then <laughs> and then once I turned it on, I was like, oh, but it's like mixed with the bite of an Avenue Q. So I'm like, so it's an interesting kind of mixture, and I'm sure probably because sure. you have a lot of crossover, I'm sure it's a little bit of Book of Mormon or any of that stuff too. Um, sure. But- I mean, this is a real movie for theater geeks. Like if Absolutely. if you are a theater kid, this is this is your jam. This movie was like yeah. geared right towards you. Um, but when you're talking about like the star power that he cast versus turning towards using more people from Broadway. I I think that that was, you know, I mean, obviously, I think that gets people to watch it more. I think it gives it kind of, it, it, I, I think it sort of packages it in a... Oh, sure. I, I, I think that that was the, the thing here. But so Meryl Streep, like, really stepped up and did it for me. Uh, Nicole Kidman was actually kind of adorable in this. I don't really think Nicole Kidman should ever be singing, and she definitely should never be dancing. Um, but can I just interject one second? Because she's the one who I actually had the most problem with because, yeah. (laughs) And I desperately want to know and not to, I will come right back to you, Carolyn. I apologize, but I I desperately want to know what this character is supposed to be in the play because, uh, in the Broadway play, because to me, there's two things about her character. One, um, completely redundant. 
Uh, she does not need to be there. I have no idea why she's there. She has moments in there that could have gone to another character to enhance that character's relationship with, uh, you know, the, the young character, Emma Nolan here. And I don't know why she is necessary. I don't know what she brings to the table as a character in this form. I will say in this form. Um, and Nicole Kidman, any of that whole Zaz thing, uh, cut it mm. because I need to talk it about was that. brutal, and I don't know we if it's so brutal the other way. Please let, it... <laughs> please let me talk about Zaz and its horridness. <laughs> sure. Uh, this I I was watching this. So do you remember that SNL sketch with Kristen Wiig where she plays Liza Minnelli trying to turn off a lamp? <laughs> I haven't seen that, but okay. Okay, is that the one with the, with the red with the red sequence? Yes. The red. And she's like, I'm gonna just Paul's do a false outfit. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So, um, th- that was just my bad Kristen Wiig Liza impression. The <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so that was what Zaz was to me. It was that SNL sketch. Yeah. Except not even as funny. Um, and the, Nicole Kidman, I think she was. When I say she was adorable in this, what I, I mean, I just recently watched The Undoing. And I watch like Big Little Lies, you know, and I so I've become very accustomed recently to seeing Nicole Kidman playing this like very tragic abused woman. Right. So it was kind of fun to see her wearing these like cheap clothes and acting like a ditz and sort of looking like she was having fun with it. And it was nice to see her doing something so completely different. I didn't need to see her do any of this, especially the Zazz. Every time she like rolled her hips, it was painful to me. Yeah, and I get the long legs, the 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 you know chorus girl uh, kind of <sighs> affect here that we're supposed to get, but awful. And a, and the fact that Ryan Murphy said like that was like first choice person that he wanted for this, I was like. So was Jane Krakowski like not available, oh my God, or right? <laughs> could you just get the person from Broadway? You don't but need yet another point. star. Maybe she was supposed to be bad because like her character is a you know middle-aged chorus like an ensemble right then why is it nicole kidman that's kind of my point like she doesn't play trashy well she doesn't seem weathered down she's had so much work like that's impossible (laughs) yeah oh my god right like her face that hardly moves uh i i don't know i have no answer to that but yeah kevin what is this character like in the movie in in the play in in the show there's she she's the one who really does connect uh, with Emma most of all. Now, when you see Zaz on Broadway, it's much more scaled down. And the the scene that precedes it, she does work really hard to sort of bring her out to to really get her to understand that she's much stronger than she thinks she can be. And when you see her on stage, Angie is. Um, it's very obvious to you why she's, you know, third standby mm. because she really isn't as, um, she'll never be the lead dancer. She'll never be the prima. She's just, she's always good at what she does, which is, you know, be really pretty scenery yes. in the back. Um, and Zaz is, uh, absolutely 100% an ode to Fosse. And it's owed to Anne Ryan King, who incidentally, just before we started recording, just passed away, by the mm. way. Um, she's very, very much like that. And Zaz is on stage sort of scaled down and done at a level where it's not, you know, bow, bang, pow, wow. It's, 
it's like very subtle. It's just like poking or saying, Emma, come on, you can do this. Let me just show you how you can do right. this. And it's, it, this version is really, it's, it, it, when I said sometimes too much is too much, this is one of those cases where it's, it's, it's too much. Um, and I think the reason why Angie is there is because you all see there's, there's a time when there's a bit of a break between Barry and Dee Dee, and she sort of plays peacekeeper there. Right. So she's basically someone that they sort of insert into a scene to try and give it a bridge to get on to the next. Yeah, couldn't you have just given that to of- Andrew Reynolds? Um, and Andrew Reynolds won't would not really tolerate being just a bridge. He needs to be what Andrew needs to be. What Andrew is, which is a super down, you know, sparkle, 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 Neely. That's Andrew. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sure he'd be willing to do it. Um, I get the but, feeling he's willing no. to do a lot of things. <laughs> I, right. I get the feeling that. Well, he... you know, Andrew, I just wanted to say one sure. thing. There's, here's here's the difference between um, Ryan Murphy taking the stars that were on uh, the Boys in the Band and dropping them into the movie. Those people um, were stars, or probably three quarters of the people that were in that play already had uh, motion picture and television name recognition. Yes. Very true. So that was an easier. That would be an easier sell. You know, just Zachary Kinto and and uh, uh, Matt Bomer alone yes. would be enough to get it. Beth Level and my friend uh, Chris Siebert, who was in the original production of Prom, you would know you would know them by face, but not by sure. name. So, so you know, to Carolyn's point, um, the casting of this was you had to package it in order for them to sell it to Netflix. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, guess. Anybody, Here's yeah. the thing, though. If you're watching, say, Glee when it first came out, or Hollywood that's on Netflix right now. I love that. Or, I love or that. a lot of these things. I mean, it's usually one star at most to sell it, and then the rest filled out with people that, you know, are appropriate to the character, or he's going to sure. make a star. And I think, obviously, that's what I found appealing about Joellen here, because, you know, you have a definite person who could be on yes. the come up here because this is a star making performance, even though weirdly for a movie that obviously is about her in a way I know. And it's in, in it's, it's an ensemble, but you know, because it's her problem that they're focusing on here. It's interesting yeah. how her story gets weaved in, in and out. Like uh, there's, there's yeah. one scene in particular with it. I don't think it's too spoily for everybody. There's a scene where she discusses her plan versus the group's plan where she's going to do things uh-huh. her way. And there's this scene with her and Barry sitting down and, and, and her discussing this. And then uh-huh. instead of going right to her plan, there's a whole huge long musical interlude featuring Barry uh-huh. and she's nowhere to be in the scene anymore. And then they have to try to spin back and then make it about her again. And that's yeah, that's a pr- and that's where yeah. I think this is where the movie doesn't do it for me. Sometimes is Ryan Murphy is great when it comes to the musical direction and and hamming up a number and really getting the most out of those performances and the earworms that are going to be with you the next day, the images that'll stick with you. But 
he is not good at transitions and he is not good at kind of you're still on the last scene of boys in the band aren't you <laughs> you're not letting it go are you <laughs> <laughs> that's possibly true but it, it, that's probably it's kind of, it's, like i said it's basically transitions and how uh, and kind of like scene construction within the screenplay and especially something like a musical it needs a certain flow and if it doesn't flow you got to either cut or know how to you know interweave these stories especially in an sure. ensemble something that you know chicago did really well for rob marshall and that's why he won best picture with the thing so now i'm not saying this was going to win best picture if he executed correctly however in a down year in 2020 it might have been nominated because i've seen nominations come especially for meryl streep alone um in things that you know you wouldn't think she would yeah. yeah I mean, this is closer to Mamma Mia version than, say, Into the Woods, where they tried to make it more glamorous or something more high-end. That was high awful. End. Yeah, that was, that was horrible. <laughs> uh, I, I think that uh, it, it really did just come down to not—this needed to be shorter. It needed to be tightened, like what you're saying. Agreed. It had too yeah. many moments that uh, just took up—even, I think, some of the songs could have— been cut i hate to say it but i mean it's it, it no i agree for me and i mean again like i don't super love musicals i'm always like oh good another song me neither by the way feeling <laughs> but yeah so this i and and i felt like it was at its best when it allowed so i wonder was this in the play i don't know if they how they dealt with this i think my ultimate favorite scene in this probably because as a performer it's relatable when they get to indiana and they're performing at a halftime at a monster truck rally yes i was like dying because i was like this is my career like this is they're they're like <laughs> most of mine too yeah, right? yeah we're all like, there <laughs> so yeah we're all there like we've all done it and so i thought that that was really funny and their faces their the, the like dejected performer face of being like, oh this yeah this is what i have to, to this is what see, i'm doing to see meryl walk up the stairs to that dirt mound yeah Fantastic. I love seeing the publicist run for his life. That was my favorite because yeah. there's so many where like you, God love him. He's so how many funny. times oh have you God. been booked for a nightmare gig and you can't find the booker anywhere while it's going on? Yeah, yeah. They know yeah, what I they mean, did. Yeah. It, it that is just such. Yeah. If you are a performer, and chances are, if you are a performer, you're going to be drawn to watching this movie. Yes. That moment you're, is gonna like hit you, and it is funny, and their faces were brilliant. But how was that in the play? Was yeah, oh yeah, it was, but they did it uh, certainly on a, yeah. on a smaller scale. But they had the guys in the cowboy hats and the trucker, the trucker guys with the with the trucker tans, booing them from the outside. It was like that, but it was since it was so small, the venue was so small. It actually was much funnier because you could see even the kids from Godspell. You're looking at their faces, and it's it was just. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, Kevin, from what I understand, because if you go on, say, Spotify or any of these other places to look for yeah, the soundtrack, um, the acceptance song is much longer and so yes. funny. They cut out so much of the really yeah, funny no, parts. I was very surprised at that. I was very surprised at that because it is it is hysterically funny. Yeah. And, and, and to me, again, Carol, I know we were advocating for this movie to be shorter, but when making choices, of course, I mean, things i 
easily could have gotten rid of Nicole Kidman uh, and Zaz and then insert the rest of acceptance song. Uh, So, I mean, there is that. Uh, And, but I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, from each of you, what numbers you did enjoy, because I will say, I kind of like wrote uh, like a short list of best songs in my head. Um, And especially the, it's funny when I watched the trailer and that, you know, life's no dress rehearsal song comes through that uh you know for those that that refrain that keeps playing over and over in the trailer i was like i don't know if i'm gonna like this movie and then after i watched the movie that plays in my head for the last couple days after i watched this movie so it did its job in terms of that one i don't know if i'd say that's the best number but my god is it an earworm that plays Uh through um I have uh, as my list of best uh, Just Breathe. I absolutely love that one, uh, especially how they wove it in and out. And the, it, it, the beginning of the movie has such more bite to it than the yeah. rest of the movie kind of goes on, which is interesting because you're in Indiana, so shouldn't you be it's, it's fighting again, with though, these people? It's the editing. It, it was the editing and the pacing where things fell short yeah. here. Yeah, but that um, one was yeah. flawless, I thought, because you're going in and out of the pool, you're doing, you know, in and out of the hallways. It had such flow yeah. that I was like, "This is great," and it didn't go on too long. It's a shorter piece, I think. That's again, one of the ones he uh, did. Well. Joellen, that's her name. Yes, she carried that. Really, I think that was right. Like, don't you feel like that? I think that when she's she or. or Joellen, let's use Joellen. It sure. was, I thought, somebody who really held their own in this cavalcade of stars. 100%. They're, really? that it was the star every time on the screen. So I thought that was really cool. For me, though, I think the standout number, and only because it was so ridiculous and so was uh, Meryl Streep, her number when she comes, when they first arrive there. Yeah, I have that on the list as well. Yeah, I loved that. And I, I I mean, that was uh, Meryl Streep just like really saying, I am taking this on. I am owning this. I took vocal lessons and I am ready to belt. (laughs) Yeah, I I also love We Look To You uh, as well. The the song that Keegan-Michael Key does in the (laughs) Apples and Bees, which I always thought was a very funny joke. Is there a restaurant where there's plates and napkins? (laughs) (laughs) Keegan-Michael Key surprised me in this for his musical prowess. Uh, well, you didn't whereas, watch Jingle Jangle this year, did you? I have uh, not Ms. watched Christmas Jingle Queen. Jangle. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but I was disappointed by the lack of musical prowess by Carrie Washington and also her very awkward dancing. Well, in the play, she's very much the, she's very much like that. She's supposed to be the the sore thumbs. Yes. Um, I'll tell you what really bothered me and purely from an aesthetic standpoint she looked spot on fantastic very olivia pope all the way until the final scene oh, with that multi dress i i don't understand it i was like i don't know she are showed you, up I, like a prom i don't cat. get it you're an indiana drag queen i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand it so I took that as this was like some big character arc where now she's dressed in a sparkly pride flag to show yeah. that she is there for her daughter. Uh, but I, so I, Carrie Washington, I, I have trouble with her as an actress because I feel like 
somehow along the way she has translated acting to be like smelling a fart in the room like that old like joey triviani yeah like her face is always like very like i smell something bad but it's gonna make me look like i'm really into this and i i just can't and she was given a lot of that in this uh and then and then i don't know why the camera kept going to her in that last scene for that dance number it was very aggressive like hip-hop driven choreography yeah and Carrie washington was like in her sparkly rainbow dress not <laughs> keeping up with the 20 year olds and i felt for her it, it was it was really yeah Painful, and the thing is looking she for. looked ridiculously uncomfortable yeah yes. that's what i'm saying it looked ridiculously uncomfortable in that whole scene and that's that's unfortunate yeah but yeah it just it did it didn't now in my opinion I don't you, you go ahead Andrew I don't want to get ahead of whatever you have planned but I have a couple of No I, so I don't I'll just thing. round out the songs and then you can dive back in here sir sure. because I like your opinion but like to me like like we were talking about the certain songs didn't work to me like uh I like Love That Neighbor I think that's a good song but that goes okay. on way too long if you want to talk about places to cut or or numbers to cut shorter you definitely mm-hmm. could have done that one shorter. I know he has to kind of win over the community it is a scene that should stay I don't argue that at all however it does I still see that same circular choreography moment uh with him for yeah. far too many you know rotations so you know I, I think they could have done a little bit better in terms of tightening that one up uh and then just real quick yeah. uh the ladies improving is a good necessary song again but uh yeah. it's not led into very well that seems very for them it's awkward and i know it's supposed to be awkward because she's coming to apologize and she doesn't know how but like at the same time it's I, I don't know the staging of it i didn't love that how it started and um it it is something that's set up more for it's designed for the broadway actress who did it and not necessarily meryl streep's strong well, suits you're absolutely correct beth level did a lot of that the the physicality for Dee, sure. and they pulled from her in this in this movie so yeah you're absolutely right and then um the like we said the acceptance song is very funny and should have been funnier as its full version because i think that's something this movie could have used a little bit and then one other thing i wanted to get to and then i'll throw it right back to you kev is uh just Mm -hmm. to finish the casting thought because for me if i if i'm saying that nicole kinman is either redundant and should be you know nixed or at minimum she could have been you know the person from the broadway scene here uh and to at least give them a token in terms of if it's a smaller role and someone who's supposed to be kind of you know in the background you know maybe that's a role that they easily could have given to someone from the broadway play um but (laughs) interestingly enough this movie was supposed to have more stars um like ariana grande was supposed to be the girlfriend character uh for joelle i would put a bullet in my head i'm not a big fan of her her music uh or her singing actually i i like a lot of female pop stars don't get me wrong uh i do not enjoy her singing she always sounds like she has uh, her nose plugged for some reason it's very nasal to me it just strikes me in a bad place i don't know that could be just yeah. be me but uh in terms of this one it would have been yet another person to try to overshadow yeah. this this girl and 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 joellen who you know it would have been trying to climb even more mountains to try to like out duel a, a major pop star and then also mm-hmm. uh aquafina who i actually like a lot which maybe could have done a bit more oh my god 
Right. She, she was supposed to actually be the publicist in this one. They were going to gender swap it to bring her in, and she was going to be uh, that role. So it would have been had a little bit more kick to it, but um, huh. it's interesting. You can almost get away with that in terms of character actors. I don't mind the Aquafina thing, but I think the Ariana Grande, I think they actually lucked out with this to make yeah. it more grounded, yeah. even though it's not like, um, you know, they, they caught somebody who's a, you know, a rookie or isn't at least on the comp or doesn't have the chops or anything. I mean, they definitely lucked out getting, um, I'm trying to find her name. Excuse me. What are you, oh, you're looking she, for it's Ariana DeBose from uh, Hamilton. Yeah, who's actually, she's going to be in West Side Story, Spielberg's version yeah. uh, that got pushed back Which to 2020. Absolutely be horrible. Yeah, I Sorry. love Spielberg. I, like I said, I, I am into musicals. West Side Story is a Best Picture winner. So all of that is a humongous cojones to try to do now. Sure. Um, and I, I don't get it, but. I'm going to end up watching it because I watch everything Spielberg, but my goodness, uh, that is going to be hmm, a choice. Um, so Kevin, like I said, um, I'm, I'll throw it back to you. So ultimately we kind of danced around a little bit of the controversy stuff. And I know uh, some of it was closer to home for you. Do you, do you mm-hmm. think the choices that Ryan Murphy made here and, and you wanted to talk about James Corden, where do you think that falls? Like I was saying, those separate kind of people, those people who maybe came in here already angry and then watched the movie anyway or didn't watch the movie and still rated it online to try to trash this movie before it began. Um, where do you sit on all the casting choices, maybe more specifically to James Corden? Yeah, he shouldn't have been He shouldn't have been cast. Um, and the problem with this is Brooks Ascomasis, who actually played the part on uh, on Broadway, uh, does have a, a little bit of a um, uh, and he looks a little bit like James Corden, uh, but he's a member of the community. So the problem is that I see I, I don't know what kind of direction James Corden was given, uh, but he is absolutely stereotypically over the top mm-hmm. um and it's it, it's it's bothersome to me because barry doesn't have to be that way um it, it it's it's a real it's a real sticking point with me and it's i'm not trying to be political about it at all but the fact of the matter is you know if you're going to have uh a gay character um you should have someone who has a handle on uh, on the gay experience, and I don't know if James Corden has that. Um, uh, he, and I think he was working a little bit too hard to be gay in this, if that makes any sense. Yeah, to if you. there's no shorthand to the experience, I mean, you have to kind of recreate it. And I, I mean, you know, again, he's a Tony Award winner. He has been in yes, musical before. films and other things before. And, listen, and I and think he, he can sing. And, a little bit too. I yes. I thought he was passable in this for sure, but I would de- I definitely felt moments where I think he was thinking about should I be bigger here? Should I be? And I think he got caught in between thinking, which a lot of people if you yeah. if you have to think about it, maybe it's not good casting. Uh, in, in, as as yeah. to your point, so I mean, I think. And listen, he does he does brilliant things for the Broadway community. He does brilliant things for the uh, for the gay community. And I'm not saying he doesn't. This he did a bit of a disservice to the community, I think. 
And Carolyn, I don't know what you think on it, I, but I, I mean, we've all been in musical theater long enough to know that that's, it wasn't it, quite It was right. not the right casting. Um, although yeah. I will admit that I only pretty recently found out that he is in fact a straight man. I just not like <laughs> super in tune with, you know, and like, I, I don't know. I had just seen him like, you know, prancing through the streets doing musicals in LA. And I was like, I, I don't know. I and carpool karaoke. My times gaydar that failed like, hmm. me on that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, why would you not cast somebody? I, I, I can't think I've been sitting here as we're talking, trying to like, Think about who I would have rather seen in that role. If you're gonna go for a big name, if you're gonna try, I, I feel like there are, there's probably at least like ten people you could shortlist for that. And I'm not sure yeah. why he was the top choice for this because I don't think he was exceptional. Um, I, no. I don't think he was like the only person who could have done this role. It, it, it to to me, he was sort of he and Nicole Kidman. I think were the weakest. In in there, if yeah. we're gonna look at like the four, the the Broadway four that come right. to the town, yeah, I think that I could have had somebody else could have done that role and done it a lot better. Um, but I did feel like he at least somewhat uh, connected. I thought some of his scenes. I thought he was at his best, to be honest, in the scenes with Joe Ellen. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. No, I I agree with you. With that, they seem to have there yeah. seemed to be a genuine strong connection there, and and there was. Like he he was very tender with her, and there was this very nice relationship there. Uh, so that kind of won me over to him being in the role. But I agree, it was sort of like, why? <laughs> why? It what really bothered me is, and I know you don't want spoilers. There's a very important. No, I think we're deep scene. enough in. You can go for it. There's a very important scene with him and his mother. Yeah. Who Tracy Ullman, incidentally, is because she and Meryl are such good friends. I was sure, I was wondering where they were going to pop her into that. Um, he was, it, it just, and that's because I, I know the source material. That whole scene could have been much better, but he didn't, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what direction he was given or if he was like, well, let me just play with it. But it, it should have been much more, uh, intense than it than it was on, on screen. well i'll tell you i i i didn't know that she was friends i know she's worked with meryl before um uh, yeah. a few times i know uh kind of into the woods was the kind of meeting point for a lot of these people in a way um but uh, jesus she looked like a cartoon character i i couldn't stand the makeup and hairstyle job that they it was, did it was bad. it was it was a little snl yeah well it's tracy Ullman. Yeah. this is what so, she does well, that was but my no, thing. See, she didn't need that. Yeah, I was disappointed. She knew her. She knew that her her her, her stuff. Go ahead, Carol. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say I was disappointed because I'm a big Tracy Ullman fan. I I actually think she is brilliant, and and this really underutilized her. Uh, it, it, it everything about it from yeah the the wig the makeup, uh, and just how the character was portrayed. It, that whole scene just felt so forced. Like, it just felt well, like, slam, bam, we're going to reconnect you with your mom and a happy ending. All right, here we go. Big dance number. Uh, but it was, what really bugged me with that was when he's in the hotel room explaining to, uh, explaining how he left mm -hmm. his home, which where he says, I left before I could be thrown out. Yeah. He then connects with, Tracy with his mom and says, you threw me away. 
So it, it's, there's, there's, there's problems with yeah. that. And there's a continuity problem with that. Mm-hmm. And it's a script problem with that. Because you really have got to listen and be cognizant of how you shoot things. I also yeah. think that you know? scene is what's going to make people more infuriated that he's not gay. Because, yeah. I mean, those scenes where you truly have to, like, kind of live in the experience or really kind of hone in and make it believable, I think those scenes suffer a little bit maybe from kind of separating the celebrity from the and, yeah. the and the status from the actual lifestyle and really where it could hone in. And by the way, um, is Catherine to Jimmy, not everybody's mom that could have been there, please, for the love of God, she would have been yeah. so much better and you don't yeah. need to doll her yeah. up. She is right. No, and she, she's good. She's a good friend of the community a lot. Yeah. Totally. She's a good friend. Of and uh, can I tell you, I'd rather have Mary Kay place switch places too. I don't care about yeah. the other. See, Mary Kay place was a great grand fun grandma awesome. on there. Mm. Let me just say two things about what you, what you said earlier. Now the scene in the mall. Yes. Where bring love thy neighbor. The problem with that, aside from being too long, is he chose to set it in a mall. There's too much crap going around in that scene. If they set it in the gym, like they did in the in the play, oh, right? would have been fine. You didn't need to go down the escalators, and you didn't need the you know Esther Williams uh. water feature. It's just it was it was very distracting. It's very and Murphy. It was, it was, there was a lot, much longer, a lot shot in a mall with this, and I thought that that was just weird. Uh, yeah, there there was a, the whole other scene. I I don't know. Yeah, the love thy neighbor that went on for like it felt like fifteen minutes. It probably wasn't, <laughs> it did. but it yes. felt like a fifteen minute musical number. Uh, I'm sure it was like five, and I'm overreacting. But uh, oh, it seemed it, it, I honestly, I got to say it had to be a hard seven. It had to be a hard seven or at least it felt that way. Um, but that and listen, the Broadway actress who played Angie mm-hmm. name is leaving me right now. She v- was better cast because she has been in the musical theater for a very long time. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. She's very plain looking. But she's got a great presence and she's got a great voice. And the thing is, Nicole Kidman was far too glamorous for Angie. Angie has been on the boards for 20 years and it's a lot for her to pull her shit together just to get on. Did I, should I not have said that? You could bleep me out later. No, you're good. Um, You got to, she has a lot to, to, to get up and go and do that show for eight shows a week knowing that that's where she's going to be right knowing that she's her plateau when you look at, at nicole kidman's angie you're like well why aren't you doing like you know a 13 minute limited series based on models i'm sure there's another job yes for you. you know what i mean so she's she's far too um glamorous to for that part sure. and listen Ed, carolyn was 100 percent. she tried her best with that uh with the dancing well i didn't and, say she tried her best i i said that we we saw her yeah, trying just she just <laughs> couldn't couldn't she couldn't yeah. do it i also thought the zazz yeah. number was the first time i felt like it was a play like because of the 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 design that they have to do in the staging in yeah. the home that it looked 
like I'm staring up from first row looking at a, at set a community design. theater production is what where that landed. That was like community theater yes. level was Zaz. And yeah. I'm telling you, you need to everyone needs to watch that SNL sketch of <laughs> Liza Minnelli trying to turn off a lamp and you will see yeah. that that is Zaz. Uh, yeah, it is spot on uh, of Nicole Kidman and doing Fosse, which just did she not want to like actually work on Fosse with like, you know, any of the nine billion people who have actually been in Chicago or Sweet Charity or something? Did well, nobody and I want think to if her? you looked at all of the dancers that they used for background, you could easily have pulled at least three of those girls that are currently. <laughs> or were currently either on the Broadway stage or in a touring company. Um, you could yeah. pull three of those, and yeah. you know perfectly well they could have helped her. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know why, uh, I don't know why and how Zaz, they were like, no, that take looks good. Let's go with that. Put it in the can. All right, moving on. I have no idea, because it was just so bizarre. Uh, and there there's actually like a, a meme going around online in the theater community of you know that whole thing of like where we started and where we are yeah, yeah. Or, so and they have a still from the broadway show of the actress playing angie and her leg is up in this like beautiful high kick yeah. and then you have nicole kidman and her leg is like kind of up and bent <laughs> and like awkward a little bit yeah yeah little yeah a little, little bit little little sickled little little not quite dance not quite the dance line and uh you know it's where we started and where we were and I mean, again, I felt like I enjoyed seeing Nicole Kidman looking like she was having fun. I enjoyed watching yeah. her play this, like, really, like, vapid, ditzy character. Her costumes were fun. And she's just pretty. She's pretty to look at. But yeah. she didn't th – this was not – this was not her role, but I was willing to accept it if, like, that was where she was approaching it from. Like, that she was just this, like, actress who got jobs because she was pretty, but was never going to move past it. And that was right, kind of a fun right. concept to play with, too. Because everyone, mm -hmm. you know, we've all seen people like that. They're, 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 yeah. they're clawing their way through just because they're pretty. They're... <laughs> and and yeah. Carolyn, I'm interested because you have a background in dance and, and have been a dancer ballerina however you want to categorize yeah. yourself or if there are separate things i'm a very novice person when it comes to this you could probably tell they, by how i'm approaching both, so sure um but i would say do you judge movies like this or in the choreography and all those things and how did this one did it pass the test outside of a nicole kidman that you clearly had some problem with oh my gosh yeah, so I definitely judge. I mean, I, I'm gonna judge dancers like super hard because that I, I dance is something like you study your whole life, right? Uh, especially to get to the level of being a professional dancer or a dancer on Broadway. Uh, I, to me, I mean, the dancing in this was good. Like they had good dancers. I'm I, other than Nicole Kidman's problems and Kerry Washington's weird. Uh, movements, which maybe she couldn't move I in I'm that dress. I'm still having. I think I'm gonna throw up when I think about I, I, it. But maybe like that. Maybe that sparkly rainbow dress was like inhibiting her movement. Maybe she couldn't I, get her arms. Well, like, think, I don't think there was a slit in it. But go ahead. I don't want to. I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> the, I mean, so all of the ensemble, all the kids playing the the kids at the prom in that very like grease dance number. <laughs> I <laughs> thought she's all that, by the way, because I always oh. remember she's all that for having this lavish prom thing where everybody's I, coordinating. I'm like, when did we do something, this? 
Oh my god! Well, something about the like yellow dress that that one hey, like, the Kaylee character. Stop. I was like, is this Greece? Like, do we have Sandy? Like, I was kind of digging that. But the... can I ask you one question about that? Yeah. The girl who was in the yellow dress. Could her shoulders be any wider in that dress? <laughs> she's a bit of a swimmer. She looks like maybe she she's a, she's a buff girl. She works out. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? She looked like Crystal and Alexis fighting in the pond. Yeah, it was not was, the best. That's a lot costuming. of shoulder. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. But no. So all the all the you know I'm gonna call them kids. All the people who uh, yeah. in the dance ensemble they did a good job, but the choreography was bizarre. It, I don't think this was the choreographer who did it for Broadway. Now, okay, actually, uh, I believe it- he's one of the directors of the Broadway did the choreography for this movie. Oh, I, if I read it oh. correctly. Okay, well, I don't know, but I and and now I'm probably never going to get hired by this person ever again, so that's fine. But like, not like I was ever hired before by them. But I, I just this choreography is that kind of choreography that I call angry dancing. It's very like intense yeah. and punchy movements and. Uh, it, it's like over choreographed. It's like, God forbid they let a count go where there aren't two movements being done in that one count. Right. So yeah. as a dancer, that's a nightmare. Uh, and I, it's a very stylistic thing that's become very trendy and you find it a lot now. Um, and I, I don't love it cause I, it just, there isn't. So for me, the big problem and the choreography for that fountain scene that we keep talking about for the yeah. love thy neighbor, it was like. It, ridiculous. I mean, it was just ridiculous. And also, they, they fall into the trap here with uh, the men all tumble. Yeah. Like, tumbling mm. is exciting. I agree. But it's not choreography. Like, it's not choreo- Like, it, it is some, it, this is some sort of trick that we have all uh, in the dance world kind of ha- had to just face that, like, the choreographer, when you go to an audition, they're like, all right, who tumbles? And if you can't tumble, leave the room. Right. Uh, yeah, and this movie just really seemed to want to shove some back handsprings in your face to get you <laughs> excited. Uh, and I could have gone for more subtle choreography. And these people were great dancers, and they didn't really get to do great dancing. So that was my big beef with it. It was just a lot of aggressive karate chopping. I think what and here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, I'll throw it to you, Kev, because I, I feel like I keep hearing between the back and forth of both of you is that the Broadway show was more subtle and that this movie got really put through the prism of Ryan Murphy. And now we're seeing just a different lens of it. And it's whether you prefer that or, or how it's presented. I think the songs still hold up in both regards. I don't know if they change anything in terms of the arrangements or any of those. No, actually, if you listen to Beth levels, um, uh, the ladies improving and it's not about me side by side with Meryl's, I think Meryl listened to it. Yeah. And I think Meryl listened to the way that the phrasing is done, the way that the breathing is done. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to carry that song uh, because you got to breathe and dance at the same yeah. time. I could never do that. So whenever I did a show where there was dancing and singing involved, I would stay stationary and people would dance around me because I had no acumen for dancing sure. no i don't they're gonna have they they've tried to take my gay guy card away but the fact of the matter is i don't dance i, I can't i have no concept um 
but yeah, that's you that, can't that's even true. zazz. It is can you zazz? Scope... Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. Can you zazz at least? I'm sure you can. Zazz. I can zazz. I can do a lot with the hands. I can do a lot of hand <laughs> stuff. Um, Title of your sex here's tape. The other... Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, lots of hand <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and talk about backflips, but handsprings. But here's another big thing that bugged me, and then I'll shut up, Andrew, because I don't know how I could probably go on for a long time. The very, very gut-wrenching, god-awful, horrible scene was so badly shot. To set that scene outside first and then have them walk into the venue Mm. was the stupidest idea I've ever seen in my life. Because there was not an intelligent person around who would pu- pull up to this venue. See an empty parking lot. And notice that there is nothing there yeah. to say, gosh, something's wrong. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That, that's, that really bothered me. Because, listen, I saw it when I saw it on stage and I saw it that night. I bawled my eyes out. Because mm-hmm. how on earth could a adult be that unspeakably cruel? Yes. You know what I mean? It's a. Fe- I think it's still effective in the movie, but you're right. It should have oh, been staged. Oh, believe better. me, you're right. Yeah, yeah the state. Believe me, yeah, it was. It was. It was very, very cutting, and it, it did make a make an impact. But the staging was so bad, and I'm saying to myself, "Why are they doing this?" Because, you know, you don't see that on stage because you don't have that scope. Mm-hmm. But when you walk into it, they walked upstage down. Um, it depends. There were versions where they could walk um, from from backstage up forward to the apron of the stage, and then there was there was one show towards the end where they were coming in from the back, and the uh, audience um, saw the empty gym mm. before they got there. Oh wow! And the reaction, I thought that reaction was better. Right. You know what I mean, but. That that staging in that in the movie just so irked me because I'm like none of these people. Yes, they're narcissistic and selfish, but they're not stupid. Right. So they should see what's going on, you know. Yeah. But no, I agree. That that's the part that really irked me. So Kevin, then we're kind of getting late in the game here. So I just want to kind of get from both of you, kind of like a bottom line for this, like. You know, did you enjoy it? Would you recommend it? Even though maybe it doesn't live up to maybe what you had going in, uh, in Kevin, in your view. Uh, so where would you put this after everything that you knew, uh, the whole stew that came through? Listen, I think it's absolutely worth watching. Um, I think people who are not, as Carolyn and I both said, not theater kids, they will find enormous joy in this movie. And I think that's what it elicits. It elicits joy for a major most of it. So I think it's great for people to watch. You know, we have a snow day coming up. Sit and watch that, and I think you'd enjoy it. I think it's good for a standalone piece. And I think it's a good message, regardless of the ex- execution <laughs> being ham-fisted at times because Absolutely. of Ryan Murphy. Um, but I, I think sure. that it is worth turning on just for even that alone. Uh, Caroline, right. where do you stand? So there's a line uh, that 
Keegan-Michael Key says to the Meryl Streep character at one point when she starts singing to him and he says, this is unsettling. It's like having a fantasy I don't want to have. Mm. And that's how I would sum up this movie. It's a fantasy you don't want to have, but you're not mad about it. You're not like mad about right. having it. Uh, so that's how I would sum up this movie. Like, you you know, just if, if you put it on, if you're a theater kid and... And uh, even if you, you know, for whatever reason you're watching it, it it's going to just give into it. And there's there's good, there's bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's fun. Um, it, it, it's And the message is good. Yeah, and I mean, we definitely previewed this movie when it was the early part of 2020 before <laughs> how awful it got, obviously. Uh, but we did this back in February where we caught wind of this movie and thought this could have been part of especially given the fact that they were going to put it all the way back in december which is usually an oscar signal thing Mm -hmm. that this could play higher do you do you either of you see like any kind of sneaking in in terms of i mean do you think they did that extra song piece specifically to try to get best song out of the oscars or any of those type of things because it's best original technically uh, no, I mean, maybe for best original song, you know what? And, and maybe there might be some for production design because it is, there is like a quality to this. Uh, I mean, it, this movie, if, if you like things that sparkle and are shiny, uh, you're going to get drawn to this movie. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, and that's classic Ryan Murphy, that saturated palette, uh, of colors. Um, and I mean, Meryl Streep is. She's really good Meryl in it. Streep. And she's yeah. Meryl Streep. So that always and, is like that dark horse. Like, well. Joellen might be somebody I, I, to, to watch. I wouldn't be mad uh, at it. I, I, that would thrill me probably the most. I, I agree with Carolyn wholeheartedly. I think Joellen absolutely will, will squeeze, should squeeze in some sort of, if not Oscar, then definitely Golden Globe. I think oh, Golden, this is a Golden Globe play completely. Her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Meryl will will probably get a Golden Globe. Absolutely, uh, Caroline. Caroline is absolutely correct. If it is, it is uh, frothy and sparkly and just, uh, you know, it's a daydream that that you. I liken it a lot to like when they did the production numbers on Pushing Daisies. I don't know if you ever remember mm-hmm. that that show, but it was very much like that. And I got to say, and I forgot to add this, there is an absolutely fall down hysterical line that actually comes from gold of uh, from Nicole Kidman when she says, Oh my God, I got the call. I got the call. Tina Louise has shingles yeah. <laughs> laughed when I couldn't stop laughing. Cause that was fantastic. I mean, that's uh, but absolutely it's, I agree with her. She's she, she made it spot on. Yeah. I, I don't think this is the last we'll hear of this movie, but I mean, definitely, like you said, it's the end of the year. It's been a rough year. It's definitely a movie that, you know, in a, in a, in a month full of probably more heavier films or, or just at the end of a really tough year, you kind of just want something like this. There was supposed to be so many more musicals in 2020 and most of them got pushed back. I'm glad this one hung on just to at least have something to kind of dazzle us at the end of the year. Uh, and I appreciate right. you both for coming on. You both did a great job. You did exactly uh, what I hoped uh, bring that expertise that I do not have um, to kind of go full bore on this. Um, I know, uh, 
uh, the sad things that we were kind of talking off mic about, about, you know, not having things coming up or all those things. But if anybody does have anything to share, I know, Carol, you're, you know, if you want to plug, obviously, the nose, you're a regular contributor there um, and anything else you may have going on. Yeah, I mean, like you said, so I, I'm regularly on the nose with Colin McEnroe. Everyone should uh, check that out, uh, even when I'm not on, and probably even especially when I'm not <laughs> on. Um, and uh, my, uh, my, my show, The Nutcracker Sweet and Spicy, which would have been celebrating its 11th year, unbelievably, on stage, uh, is a quirky, uh, modern funny and and filled with really diverse dancing like everything from hip-hop to ballroom to ballet uh nutcracker sweet and spicy is streaming free online throughout the entire holiday season through uh new year's eve um so you can watch it it's about an hour long and it's a really it's it's a true feel-good show like this one like it's it's something that i felt like everyone Need so I'm really happy that we're presenting it in partnership with the Wadsworth Athenaeum. Um, so you can go uh, to kineticdance.com to find that or to Wadsworth the Wadsworth.org. That sounds terrific, and congratulations on a show running that long. And I'm sure you know in in better times, hopefully next year that you can you know bring it right back to life in 2021. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, Kevin, yeah. I know you and I being uh, comedians kind of just sitting uh, on yeah. standby for a lot of things here. <laughs> have you have yeah. you noticed any productions like kind of kicking back in New York or any of that? Like, uh, 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 No, no. New York, uh, and Carolyn probably knows too, uh, New York is, is dead, mm -hmm. uh, f or at least on life support for now. Um, with them going possibly on full shutdown, I don't know. Uh, when any even some of the smaller productions are going to go back into uh, have their doors open, I don't know. Uh, so if you're looking for me, I'm at Shoprite every Saturday morning. So <laughs> I'll just you know I'll do a you know a few jokes for uh, you know paper towels and Lysol wipes, and that's how that's going to go. Twelve puns or less coming from Kevin Dolan. That's yeah, how. <laughs> Well, again, I appreciate you always being on, Kevin. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for being here. And, uh, you know, obviously, Happy New Year to you. Uh, and, and everyone should check out uh, the Nutcracker Sweet and Spicy. That sounds very fun. Uh, and, again, a great way to end the year. And I appreciate you guys for being here. Thanks again. Thanks yeah, no problem. Thanks. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so much fun.